So you've decided to give up that old behavior that's been killing you and all you care for and surrender to a power greater than yourself. That's the first step. Surrender is what opens the prison door. Now it's time to walk through that door and into a whole new way of life. Spirituality, self-care, service, social connection, and the simple daily disciplines that pave the way to lasting freedom. This is Positive Sobriety. Welcome to a brand spanking new episode of the Positive Sobriety Podcast. Oh, I don't know whether you can hear it, the drone of a lawnmower in the background. <laughs> it's that time of year. Spring spring has sprung. Uh, and after a few days of overcast skies and heavy rain and flood and high wind here in uh, Middle Tennessee, the sun has broken through. Uh, we are officially, as we record this, into May. Uh, I see new possibilities. Uh, what do you think, Dave? You see new possibilities out there in the months and weeks uh, oh, ahead? Oh, man, I, I do. I actually went to a restaurant and sat outside the other day. Um, <laughs> you know, first it was great yeah. to, you know, have weather permitting, but second to be in a, a place where uh, things seem to be opening up a little bit. People were still careful, distanced and yeah. all that. But, um, but it, I, I do feel like, um, I'm seeing new life on the horizon and, and kind of, uh, you know, a question that came to me, uh, this week was, as things are beginning to open up, I mean, I'm hearing that maybe by July we can have um, a probably, you know, 80% feeling of normalcy as a society again. Um, and I'm wondering if if I'm going to go back and live it the same way I did before, <laughs> before COVID. I don't know. Um, do you ever give that any yeah. thought? Because I didn't slow down till I had to. And I don't think most people do. But yeah. 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 Ex yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. I think, you know, 2021, you know, where, you know, it's like we hit the brakes. Somebody hit the brakes. I didn't hit the brakes, but somebody mm -hmm. hit the brakes. And I find myself plastered against the windshield, mm -hmm. right? And life that had been going 90 miles an hour, we're now at, at, at a standstill on right. the freeway. And we're told it's not going to change for a long time. Uh, you know, we're trapped in the car with one other person. Uh, and now if we're going to communicate with anybody, we've got to do so virtually. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, 2021 brought a lot of positive change in, in my life, in my marriage here in the family, Allie and I, we got, we spent a lot more time together in 2021 than we had in the, in the years uh, leading up to it or in 2020. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 2020. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I became a much better cook. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did a lot less mm -hmm. shopping, did a lot less spending, 
um, did a lot less, you know, running and escaping from daily right. life. So that was a valuable reset. I'm, I have a little bit of apprehension now that things are opening up again. I'm really excited to get back on the road. I miss mm-hmm. travel. Um, uh, but it's kind of like, you know, getting out of rehab and now having all of this freedom uh, the structure's gone. The limitations are gone. You're only going to have as mm-hmm. much uh, accountability as you design yourself. Mm-hmm. Things things could go crazy again f- mm-hmm. quickly. Should we allow? Should should we right. let them? Uh, yeah. yeah, I think that um, it is a lot like uh, recovery in a lot of ways. That you know, recovery. I, I say this all the time, but sobriety is disruptive. You know, we, we love Mm -hmm. happy, joyous and free in the 12 step rooms, but before you get there, it's disruptive. Um, and I think that, um, this, this year has been disruptive, but not altogether in a terrible way. Um, I mean, we've Mm -hmm. all had hard consequences and, and hard adjustments to make, um, some more than others, but, um, but the reality is, is that it's been a time for many, many people that I talk to, um, of real self-assessment that's had, they've had to, they've had to realize some things, you know, the, the relationships of the people they have been spending time with in quarantine and, um, and the reality of the work they do. And, and, um, is this what I want to really go back to? And do I want to go back to doing it the way I was? And I like my, my family time and I like that we've gotten to to be together and I'm going to miss, um, you know, uh, the, the, the interaction. If we all go back to our separate 15 places at once, uh, lifestyles. And, yeah, um, yeah. so I don't yeah, know. I think it's yeah. a, I think it's a little bit like sobriety. It's a disruptive thing that shows us a lot about who we are. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, say we have a guest this week who has, confronted in his own life and now helps kind of coach and accompany other people, men especially, through transitional uh, mm-hmm. phases. Uh, he's confronted this whole deal of, uh, you know, he had a life that was going 90 miles mm-hmm. an hour, was not uh, fulfilled. Right. Right. Didn't have serenity. Things are pretty crazy wants to make a change, but does so with initially without any help or guidance. And, uh, you know, things fell apart before they fell together, but through the, through that process discovered, uh, recovery and sobriety. It's a very inspiring story with a lot of embedded lessons. I think our uh, listeners are going to love meeting Dave Sinclair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So with that introduction, Hang on, we'll be back with Dave Sinclair on the Positive Sobriety Podcast. Welcome back to the Positive Sobriety Podcast. Well, this week we have gone far afield. We've crossed the northern border into the wild reaches of Canada, out in the wide open spaces of Alberta. Uh, at, where David has uh, uh, discovered a fascinating character, a guy with a great recovery story and a, a wonderful story of positive sobriety. Dave Sinclair is joining us today. Welcome, Dave. 
Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Glad to be part of the movement you guys are putting together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we're just swept along uh, on a tide and I sense that you're very much a part of the same movement. It's wonderful to see uh, sobriety moving in the direction it is. Hmm. Well, uh, we love our guests to uh, get to know. Uh, we love our, our I'm sorry. We love our listeners to get to know our guests on a personal level. Uh, so I wonder if, just to start things out, Dave, if you would take uh, a little bit of time and describe for us uh, the long and winding road that brought you to where you are. Sure. I. Uh, yeah. It's funny even just thinking about that long and winding road. It That, that is 100% uh, truth. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll try to keep this brief, but there's... To me, just every time I talk about this, it just opens up things for me, just takes me even deeper down my my journey. And, you know, my real journey, I would say, started, well, it started, of course, 50 years ago when I was born. But this mm-hmm. journey into sobriety, I would say, started about 10 years ago. And to start the story there, I'd have to tell the story of Dave, the business owner, um, you know, part owner of a small multinational from the outside, Dave was the guy who had it all, right? Dave was the guy that, you know, had the money, had the cars, the vacations, all that stuff, the nice house. Um, but what do you think the guy that, what do you think was on the inside of, of that day? What do you think was missing guys? Yeah. Uh, a self. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, very good. Very good. You're jumping ahead. Yes. Yes. You, you know, <laughs> uh, on the inside. Yeah. There, there, there was, there was a self, but I'll tell you what, that self that was on the inside at that point was, fragmented, scared, overweight, uh, family life was in tatters. You know, that, that sense of self that was there 10 years ago was 100%, you know, Dave, the business owner. Mm-hmm. So the business was causing me all kinds of stress. Coming along with that, I was working, you know, 12, 16 hours a day, really coming home. What did I do? I came home and yeah, where did I find solace in a bottle? Right. Mm-hmm. That was kind of my, uh, my thing. And it was interesting, the path, you know, we had bought out another partner here a few years previous to me kind of pulling the pin on the business. But at that point, I knew what the value of my shares were. And I said, well, it's got to be the business is causing all the problems. It's got to be that. Mm-hmm. So again, very much in that yeah. victim mindset, which I came to learn later on, but very much it had to be the business. So bang, let's get rid of the business. So we got rid of that business, got rid of the other business very quickly. Like there was no transition zone. I didn't read any books on this. I just said, no, that's got to be the problem. Let's jump out. Um, jumped out even without a formal exit uh, plan. Um, mm. Like I said, uh, kind of put my, my faith in the universe. Jumped out. And it was interesting. As, long, as soon as I was no longer that email address, bang. Freight train, existential brick wall, boom. Mm-hmm. It was a mess. And things got worse very fast to the point that, mm. you know, a few months, this was 2012, January 1, 2012, when I was, when I was no longer that business owner. And at that point, I had no idea who I was. I actually mm. found myself uh, getting a Gmail address and just trying to sign up for everything online just so I would get pings in my inbox, right? Just pings in my yeah. inbox to find that sense of identity because I was so used to being needed. Fast forward mm-hmm. a little bit. I'll try to keep this brief. March 2012. I was away at a hockey tournament with me, my family, you know, family time. But of course, all these family times, what was that? That was a time for Dave too. What was a vacation to Dave? Party, Mm -hmm. right? 
And I just figured everyone was keeping up with me. Well, I partied so hard that night, I woke up, looked over to my left, and guess what I saw staring me in the face? A stainless steel toilet. At my son's hockey mm. tournament, got to the point where I drank too much, caused too much grief for some people, and I had to be escorted to the drunk tank. Well, that wasn't a very good moment. And it was at that point right there, I said no. And I remember my wife wouldn't come pick me up. My buddy came, picked me up, drove me home. And it was at that point in the truck driving home from this hockey tournament, I turned to my buddy and said, I've got a problem. And I remember coming home. That was very powerful. So and I just feel the emotion even just saying that right now, just admitting you have a problem, looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, yeah, there is a problem. There is a hole in the road. I am falling into it. That point was huge. Three days later, I was checked in. Uh, to a meaning and purpose-based addictions rehabilitation facility called Sunshine Coast Health Center, Powell River, BC. Life-changing place. We all have our different journeys, but for me, it really uh, hit home. In there, the next most important thing happened to me is I started looking around. I was terrified when I went there. I wasn't sure who I was going to see when I showed up there, guys. But even from the, the little puddle jumper plane I had to take to get to this spot, I remember waiting at the bus stop, looking over at this other guy that was waiting there too as well. Thinking, ah, oh, no, no, just, just, this guy doesn't look right. He looks too much like me. I remember the bus showing up and both of us getting on this bus going to the treatment center. And we looked at each other and we're like, you too? And that was pretty important. <laughs> we looked at each other. We, yeah. we took, a, took this drive out to the center. I got into the center. It was overwhelming. But about three, four days in, guess what I started to see? It was an all men's center. I just started seeing a whole bunch of people that looked like me. And there was, rock stars in there. There was lawyers, there was homeless people, there was military firefighters. It didn't matter. And at that point I realized, "Mm, maybe this doesn't just affect me. Fast forward a little bit more, went through that men's treatment center, started reading books like Man's Search for Meaning, fell in love with neuroscience, started to see that I can change. There is a reason. There is that entrenched, you know, there's those those well-worn paths that I can break free from. I can basically start rewiring my brain. I remember the one seminar, Neuroscience in the Brain by Dr. Jeff there, transformational for me. That really kickstarted my path. But fast forward, I did the treatment, got out of the center, and then the real work began. Now you're out of the center, you're out of treatment. Now you need to do the work. So I, I, I got a psychotherapist. I went deeper, started to figure things out. And I remember this one particular session sitting with my psychotherapist. I was sitting there. I was probably very much still in a victim mindset. Like, I just can't find this. I can't find what I'm looking for. And she finally turned to me and she said, Dave, this is a little uh, little lady that got me really into kind of Buddhist psychology and stuff like that. She turned to me point blank. She says, Dave, you know what? You're just not that effing unique. She said, you're just <laughs> not that yeah. effing unique. And it's just like, yeah. like, like a just a massive punch, lightning bolt to the head. And then she's turned back and said, you are unique in the fact that what's right for you, your, your definition of success is, is, is what's right for you. But you're not that unique in the fact that you're suffering human life. We're suffering. You do not have to do this alone. You don't have to be so clever and try to outthink this thing. Just relax into yeah. it. And mm-hmm. from that point forward, Things started to change. I started reading more books. And I, I just, I, you told me 10 years ago, I'd read as much as I do right now. I'd say you're crazy. But, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, Power of Ted by David Emerald, 3VQ by David Emerald, Growth uh, 
you know, growth mindset by Carol Dweck, uh, flourish by Sligman, mm. uh, learned optimism by Sligman. You know, I can just go on and on and on and on and on and on, but it all came down to you have the ability to make the choice to move forward. You have the ability within you to learn, grow, move forward, grow forward. And fast forward to now, I mean, that's what I preach. And of all the things that really stick with me, it's you're not that unique. All the men's groups that I facilitate, it's kind of, it's very heartwarming. Quite often I'll say, guys, what do we need to say here? You're just not that unique. We're with you. And welcoming the new brothers into the fold, welcoming this new conversation mm-hmm. for men to say, we don't have to have all the answers. You know, we don't have to be so clever, right? Let's just be together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Let's just share this, not from a point of victimhood, but from a point of what can we create? What is possible? And I tell you what, all this stuff going on here right now, guys, the pandemic, all this stuff going on, right or wrong, it doesn't really matter. I think it's time and I can feel this energy. I love the name of you guys' podcast, the Positive Sobriety Podcast. We have a gift in sobriety that we can share with the rest of the world because we see personally. I see things totally different. I see nothing but opportunity. Yeah, there's tough mm-hmm. stuff and there's the things we need to deal with, the brutal facts of now, like the Stockdale paradox. Let's deal mm-hmm. with the brutal facts, but let's look at them and let's let's co-create a future. So guys, I think that's a little bit of my journey. Yeah, there's been ups and downs and every day I got to do the work, 100%, you know, got to do yeah. the work. Just before this, work, before this, I had to go crank out a couple of reps just to, you know, have a little break in between what I'm doing and I don't know. That's yeah. that's my story, guys. Yeah. So yeah, in a very brief nutshell. <laughs> that's that's great, um, Dave. You uh, kind of bill yourself as a transformational journey support coach. Now that's yeah. um, that's a great name. And do you um, do that so that you work with guys that sort of feel maybe stuck in their journey, but maybe wouldn't um, self-identify as? Um, addicts, alcoholic, uh, sex addict, whatever their, you know, um, unwanted behavior might be. They don't identify themselves in that way, but maybe they're just frustrated, stuck, middle of life guys that um, feel disconnected and and maybe are on the path that you were, but uh, maybe haven't quite hit the stainless steel toilet phase yet. Right, right. And and that's the you hit the nail on the head. That is my goal is to try to impact as many men as possible so that before they hit that stainless steel toilet, before they have to check in for rehab, they can say, what can I choose to do here instead? Now, it turns out that I work with a lot of people that are in addictions recoveries, especially business owners. I work with them, but I also work with a lot of people that don't realize that they have an addiction. And one of the big addictions I really help business owners with and people with is uh, I just watched this Adam Grant uh, TED Talk. It just dropped, I think, on April 27th. It's called What Frogs in Hot Water Can Teach Us About Thinking Again. And inside there, he oh, talks wow. about this thing called identity foreclosure. Identity foreclosure. Mm. And remember my story about, you know, thinking I all I was was the business? I, I, I didn't know who I was outside the business owner. So what I really help people with, it doesn't matter if it's in addiction, outside of addiction, let's get in touch with what really is important to you. So helping those mm-hmm. people, helping that, you know, I've got a book I wrote, a couple of another book I'm writing, all this work that I'm doing. Do you guys know who I'm speaking to? I'm speaking to me 10 mm-hmm. years ago. But beyond mm-hmm. that, yeah. 
I think what I'm real, I wrote the first book and it was for me 10 years ago in that transitional space. But the second book is for me 20 years ago, 30 something, Dave. And the name of the new book coming out is something like uh, (laughs) uh, what I wish I'd known before I burnt out and had the gift of rebuilding my life in rehab. Okay. Um, Yeah. 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 there's, There's so much. And talking about Adam Grant's book, specifically to your point, who do I really work with? It's that it's that business owner, it's that career professional, it's 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 the firefighter, it's 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 whoever it is, it's the farm, it's whoever it is that's really stuck in those words. I'm the business owner, mm-hmm. you know, and especially yeah. men. I think we've been conditioned and trained. If we're not, you know, who you what you do is not who you are, and who yeah. you are even right now isn't necessarily who you need to be to become who you truly are meant to be, to tap back mm-hmm. into that essence of what you really want to be. So ultimately it's, ah, it's weird. Like I think about this, I even talk about these things, man. It's just like, it's so crazy. This journey that a transformational growth support coach, I don't know what's right for you, but mm-hmm. I'm here to hold that space so you can find out what's right for you. And create a bit of a map to get there and taking that pause, stepping back and pressing pause and, you know, doing that to me, that's where the magic was in my life. So that stainless steel toilet, I thank that stainless steel toilet for being there that morning because that was the shock. It doesn't have to get there though. And that's my, that's my mission is to help, help us escape those emotional prisons we find ourselves in and take that step back, find the support, find your tribe. Pardon, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Dave, I wonder if you could uh, talk with us a little bit about the book you wrote to the to to yourself uh, to that to Dave ten years ago. The title, I guess, is "Numb?" Question mark. That's right. Numb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, boy, what a what a powerful adjective that is. Numb. It so describes kind of this sleepwalking through life that happens when we lose touch with ourselves and with our purpose, right? Uh, yeah. Just uh, uh, wet our appetite for that book a little bit. Tell us a little bit about the contents of that book, if you will. Well, I'm so glad you picked up on the, just the metaphor in the title, numb with a question mark. Yeah. Um, and even on the cover of the, the book, there's a picture of a tree that I had custom made and half of the tree, it's in a ground, just picture this. There's a tree in the ground and half of it is kind of frozen. The leaves are frozen mm-hmm. and half of it are green. Mm-hmm. Half of the roots are kind of withered and cold and half of the roots are vibrant. And that whole thing about numb, you know, I like take a look at this 10 years ago, sleepwalking, sleepwalking is the word, you know, and there's I was just there, man. I was just putting in the time thinking this is what I had to do. If I kept chasing the cash, the cars and all this stuff, things would come to life for me. I was waiting for life to happen. I was basically in a sense of a state of stasis, you know, just waiting for life to happen to me. Full on victim mm-hmm. mindset. It just doesn't happen that way. And when you're sitting there dormant, why not tap in? And this is what the book's really all about. Why not tap into what's really important to me? And it brings up a saying that I... I really like around this that kind of speaks to me. It spoke volumes when I heard this. And I, I, I say this quite often. And it's a Buddhist saying. Um, 
and I'm not necessarily a Buddhist. I don't ascribe to anything specifically, but Buddhist psychology. I really like the idea of, you know, doing whatever we can to reduce excess suffering in our lives. So the question goes like this, though. The problem isn't that you want too much. The problem is you don't want it all. The question, the question is, what is your all? And when I wrote NUM, the purpose of NUM is to help people tap into what is your all, not just from work. Like, why are you working? Like, what's there? Why do you have a business if you're a business owner? And again, I'm writing it to me 10 years ago. Like, Dave, why are you here in the business? What do you really want? And when I take a look mm-hmm. at answering that question and going from, a, a, um, you know, starting off with my life was just one segment, you know, again, life wheel, right? Again, I help people go through creating a life wheel, but a life wheel, a little bit different point of view. Take a look at all the different aspects of your life. Okay? Take a look at all the different aspects of your life. Come up with what the different aspects are that are important to you. For me, it's things like, I don't know, um, work is still important to me. Yeah, work. Giving back is important to me. My family is important to me. My health is important to me. My spirituality is important to me. Learning and growth is important to me. Financial security is important to me. And I've probably missed some other ones, but uh, you get an idea. I've got about these 10 different segments of my life. Well, that's one thing, you know. What is it? What are these different aspects? But I take take the reader on a deeper journey. Imagine you're living this ideal life on a day-to-day basis, a week-to-week basis, a month-to-month basis. How is it that you're showing up? How is it that you envision yourself showing up? Not exactly what you're doing, but how do you want to be in those different aspects, right? Mm. Like my family and friend aspect, you know, I think I've got it written up like something like, well, I see myself surrounded by people I love. I'm spending time with people I love and care about. And this gives me a sense of deep human connection. It's not telling me exactly what I'm doing or where I'm doing it. But it's giving me that felt sense of what I want. And once I have that felt sense of what I want from that bigger picture point of view, then that taps me into the things I do day to day and fills me with a sense of purpose first, well-rounded purpose in all these different aspects. So, you know, there's a lot of work out there. Find your purpose, find your purpose. Well, geez, that's stressful. Okay. I can't tell you how many guys I talk to who are going through addictions therapy. They're like, but Dave, I, 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 I have no purpose. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm question that, right? You know, and I help them mm-hmm. tease onto it. But it's such a, I think we've been conditioned to think we have to have that one big purpose. Our work has to have all this purpose. We have to, well, no. What if you look at your life as a construct of all the different things you're doing when you look back at it and find all the well-rounded purpose from spending time with friends and family, spending time at work, spending time on recreation, I believe purpose is a construct that we're continually moving and evolving towards. In fact, I also think inside of all those different constructs of all those different aspects of your life, that's where your values live. So by getting in touch with that well-rounded purpose, you also get in touch with your values, which allows you day by day by day by day to live your values more true. So day by day, you can make these small incremental improvements. And it also ties the importance of what you're doing day by day to the bigger purpose. You can start seeing everything you do, that morning meditation, having a decaf coffee instead of a caffeinated coffee, making a healthy choice. You can see all these small steps as small little purposes in themselves, which fills you with a sense of passion to do even more in the here and now. So you can see that six inches in front of your eyes because you have a well-rounded idea of this purpose that you're moving towards. So the book mm-hmm. really talks about 
with yeah. that from your life point of view. And then the book is also, again, written for me 10 years ago. So I expand on that and use the same process. I call it the four-stage step-back process. Once you have that, once you've went through the four stages, which are first stepping back and really answering honestly where you are today, okay? Honestly, mm-hmm. beyond the story you're telling yourself about it, right? What are the facts? What's mm-hmm. going on? You know, what's really going on here? And then from there saying, well, where do I want to go? Now, once you know where you are, you take a look at where do I want to go, okay? Mm-hmm. And now you have where I am right now, the brutal facts or the facts, let's call them. Where do I want to go with a vision? Well, the next step is how do I get there? Then you start kind of, okay, that's where you start building upon this stuff and come up with a mini plan. And then people say, well, that's pretty good. I've got a plan. I know where I am, where I want to get to. How do I get there? Good enough. I'm done, right? Mm -hmm. Well, they're missing one very important step. How the heck do I keep on track? Mm. Right? Yeah. How the heck do I keep on track? And that's where you keep coming back. This is an iterative process. Life is an iterative process. What have I learned? Right? So yeah. between all this stuff, I expand on that then and I take the, again, I wrote this for me 10 years ago. So I use the same process in the second half of the book to give the people worksheets they can actually work through to do this work for their life. Mm-hmm. But then also for the business owner, apply the same concept to your business. Now that you know what you want out of life, bring that passion with you for life to the business and use that to help you answer the questions within the business. Number one, how is the business holding me back from living this ideal life? That's not the important question, though. The important question is, how am I holding the business back from allowing it to live my ideal life? And for me, again, that comes into that mm, identity foreclosure of I'm the business owner. If I, if, if, if I basically give the reins up of, of this work to somebody else, the business doesn't mm-hmm. need me, right? So tapping mm-hmm. into your identity is super powerful. And then I use it also for even transitioning out of your business, the same process. So this same process can be used for a lot of things, but um, yeah. So that was a little bit of a long answer. I apologize, but no, that's, uh, a, that's, that's no, a great, great, that's a great answer. Yeah. Um, David wanted to ask you too, you've got a Facebook page. It's a, it's a private group page that today's real yeah. man tribe. And I know, yeah. so your, your, your work is uh, primarily oriented, you know, toward helping men through these uh, you know, stages and, and phases and conflicts. What do you think is one of the biggest impediments you see um, to men embarking on change? Mm, that's a big question. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think it's even me. I'll answer it from my perspective. Releasing the book was, was challenging. Putting the book out there into the wild for everyone to see was right. challenging. And I, I think for me, it's the fear of judgment. And behind that is the fear of not acceptance and the fear of ultimately mm-hmm. everything Everything boils down to the fear of I'm going to die alone. I'm going to be rejected and die alone. Okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. my felt sense with working with the guys I work with right now is it's almost like a fear of being seen, of, of being, I think, there, it comes back to that Brene Brown stuff, equating vulnerability or, or, or saying vulnerability is weakness when in fact vulnerability used properly is strength. You know, mm-hmm. that, that answering that question, I don't know what the answer is. Let's talk, right? Mm-hmm. That's such a powerful question rather than blabbing on about whatever. So I don't know what the exact, all the impediments are, David. Mm-hmm. I just know that there's some impediments. And my felt sense for me, I think it was that fear of being seen. And I I suspect it's very much the similar thing is 
we talk about mental health, talk about mental health. Mm -hmm. Yet when you bring it up, I think there's a fear of being judged, ostracized and stuff like that. So uh, Mm -hmm. again, with today's real man tribe and the work I'm doing, I I think the word is trying to normalize this a little bit more, right? There's, and it's when I get, when I get guys behind closed doors and we're talking, Mm -hmm. hmm, we're not that effing unique. Okay. We all, we all have. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, from my own personal experience, you know, that that cuts both ways. There's a big part of me that wants to be freaking unique Um, because I've tied that to my identity. And somehow if I'm not unique, then uh, I'm not important. I'm not special. uh, And, you know, I, I dissolve into nothingness. But the other side of the coin is when I make the choice to join the human race uh, and these fears and weaknesses and failures and flaws that I have in myself that I have been hating myself for and judging myself so harshly for, uh, when I suddenly see that um, that's part of humanity and when we get honest with each other, those are not, you know, my, <laughs> I'm not unique in my flaws either. Uh, and that it's possible to make progress against them when, uh, uh, when I'm willing to ask for and accept help. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, how does, uh, talk, if you would talk a little bit about kind of like the mechanics of mutual aid in this tribe that's forming of real men. How is it that we actually do help ourselves, help each other? Okay, powerful question. I just want to go back. I love what you said there. We want to be unique. And I think to clarify, it's okay to have our uniqueness um, and just be uniquely who we are, flaws and all. And I think you're 100% right. 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 We're not unique in the fact that we have flaws and there's so much freedom in that. And that ties in, I think, the power in these groups, the power in what I'm seeing with these men sharing is just the fact that they're sharing. And there's something that I, when guys are having a tougher time sharing, I'll I'll take them through a little bit of a journey. And it kind of goes like this. I said, you know, has anybody ever asked you for help? You guys, has anybody ever asked you for help? David, Nathan, how does it feel to be asked for help? Yeah. Love it. How does it, love it, love it. Feels great. Feels great to be asked for help. It's almost like a gift being asked for help, especially when you're in that space, when you're really sharing space, okay? And I kind of say it like this. I said, now imagine if you're withholding that gift from others, Mm -hmm. you're withholding joy and happiness from others when you don't share what you're giving. So why not just, why not just give the gift of authentically being who you are in a growth minded, you know, a positive growth minded space we can share anything anything going on in a positive growth minded space it can be the most difficult thing we're focused on okay what's the lesson here or what's the path forward or do we just need to sit with it what is it but sharing that gift of what's going on with you with your brothers with anyone going on i think it's magic and i think that's where it happens is sharing that gift sharing what's going on with you because i think what that does is it normalizes for the receiver which then allows them to step more into their vulnerability so sharing that gift, yeah. making space for others. So, you know, I, I've surrounded myself. I'll tell you what, like when my, when my shrink said what she said to me and she was really pushing me, what she was trying to do is say, you know, Dave, what do you really want? You don't know. And the first words that really came to me when we got into it, guys, 
You know, I've got this great big construct of my life. It was peace and connection. And how does connection happen? Mm. Like real connection? She also said to me, Dave, mm-hmm. don't be so damn clever. People will like you more. She said that to me too as well. Great, <laughs> great psychotherapist. <laughs> I probably need this person's name. Yeah. I need to <laughs> sit down and spend a little yeah. time. <laughs> uh, she, she, was, she was something I, uh, yeah, no, very fond memories. Anyways, creating that space where, yeah, it's nice to be able to share things. Where are you making space for others in your life? And it's hard because... You know, we, we don't want to fall into that rescuer mindset where we're just trying to rescue everyone. It's not that. Holding space, allowing someone to be there, practicing compassion for someone else. Well, that also helps us learn how to practice compassion for ourselves. I don't know if you guys hear it, but when I'm talking to guys, I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to learn self-love and compassion. Okay, that's that's fine. But inside these groups, we start learning self-love by seeing how others are modeling it for us, by sharing mm-hmm. these vulnerable stories. Um, mm-hmm. and growing together forward. So that, that would be my answer to that one. It's a great question, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, eliminating the excuses that we've hung on to in, in our sickness um, is such a big um, step, Dave, and it's, a, and it's a scary step. How do you help guys identify maybe the things that, are legitimately um, difficult and unique in some ways in their lives, but that that have sort of become their identity. Mm, another great question. You just keep setting me up for. I, I've actually, I don't know if I've got answers, but I'm not trying to be clever. But I will. So <laughs> I found something that really helps short circuit this. Okay, uh, and, uh-huh. and get great results really quick. So I, I'm certified to use the Enneagram as a assessment tool. The Enneagram is like a, uh, it's, it's, it's a personality yeah. structure system that kind oh, of yeah. describes nine different personality, personality yeah. types. Yeah. And there's yeah. a guy named Michael right. Naylor out of Maine. And he's been working with the Enneagram with people in addiction since 1993. So I, he's teaching me a little bit and I'm, I've got a whole bunch of stuff going on. But I'll tell you what. The first thing is awareness. So if you can go through this assessment and kind of do a narrative interview with somebody and kind of start hearing these patterns, it's just it's just displaying to people that there's these different patterns alive inside of you, which are based on these mental models that you've picked up on what's what you've what was modeled to you, how you felt safe and seen in the world. So by being able to see these things. That's the first step. And then when you start seeing these patterns and how they're coming up for you, maybe getting in your way, how they might have gotten the way in the past, but then also figuring out strategies to grow beyond them. So the Enneagram and the coaching that I do, again, is transformational support journey coach. It's about first bringing awareness to what's there, you know, answering that mm-hmm. question, you know, where am I? Mm-hmm. You know, where do I want to go? And then how do I get there is like utilizing tools, uh, again, based on there's a lot of... Mm, the Enneagram, I guess, one way I would describe it is it, it appears to be just a, a very long longitudinal study of personality patterns in the world. So what's worked mm-hmm. for other people too as well to help them break out of that box into even more um, what, the, what the word we use here is move towards essence of what I've always been meant to be. So moving into my own wholeness, my own unique expression of that wholeness. So there's that word unique. Mm-hmm. My own mm-hmm. unique expression of that wholeness that goes beyond the personality traps that... Mm, might trigger me and keep me stuck. So yeah, I, I've fallen in love with that. And it's different for everybody. We're all kind of, you know, different blends. We're not, there's not anyone that's specifically any one 
you know, construct or one personality pattern, but they just do a, such a beautiful job of uh, illustrating the traps that are common to humans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. It's like quite often people read this stuff. It's like, holy man. Like uh, I remember the first time I read my, my assessment, I'm like, Oh my, I, I crumpled it up and threw it in the garbage. <laughs> I did. I looked at it. I crumpled it up and threw it in the garbage. I said, no, 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 that, that's not, no, no, no. But then when I pulled it out again, I really dug into it. And I mm-hmm. said, yeah, well, there's some truth here. And it's leaning into that mm, suck of what's keeping you stuck. Right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, confronting the brutal facts. And yeah, what can we do to move beyond it? And uh, it's still part of us, but yeah. Awareness mm-hmm. is key. Once you're aware of something, they say it's hard to hard to turn away from it. Right? You can't so. unknow it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Dave, I'm quite certain that there'll be any number of our listeners who would love to have some follow up communication with you after they hear this uh, very intriguing conversation. What's the best way for uh, for guys to reach you? Yeah, you can check out my website. It's uh, DaveSinclair.ca, uh, but they can send me an email, Dave at DaveSinclair.ca. You can follow me on social. Like I say, there's Today's Real Man Tribe. If you want to get a little flavor, we're just getting that growing right now. Um, just making sure that we've got these growth-minded fellows coming in there. So that's at uh, Facebook. You can check out the website if Facebook isn't for you, but you just want to have links. We're having regular meetups now every Sunday at 8.30 a.m. for today's Real Man Tribe, just to kind of expand out kind of the the way that we work within addiction support to people that, like you said, are not quite at that stainless steel toilet yet. So again, to answer a simple question, um, I'd say Dave at DaveSinclair.ca. Check out my website. Check me out on social. Um I can't remember all the links right now, but oh, good. Facebook and can, is a good one. can we order the can we order the book yeah. off the website? Um, there's a, there's a link to order it off the website, but you can just go on to Amazon.ca, Amazon.com. It's right on there. It's called Numb, Break Old Habits, Escape the Rat Race, Live Your Ideal Life. Fantastic! That's Fantastic. great. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks so much for making time in your busy schedule to talk with us today. It has been. Uh, it's been a joy. Absolutely. Well, I Listen appreciate up. you guys. Oh, thank you, Dave. Yeah, stay, stay with us, listeners. We will be back in just a moment on the Positive Sobriety Podcast. Welcome back to the Positive Sobriety Podcast. Uh, what a great conversation with Dave Sinclair. <laughs> I love that. And um, I, I really, uh, first I loved his vulnerability to really share his story because I know that none of us love to share the less glamorous uh, parts of our, right. you know, how right. we got here uh, phases. But I loved that, um, you know, he talked about so many things that are, that are things you and I uh, are, are real big fans of, of, in in life and that's one is connection providing opportunities yeah. for connection with men particularly that he works with um but he's uh he's about helping people um get beyond that unique 
uh, I loved what his, what his therapist actually, you know, told him, <laughs> uh, you know, because uh, you know, in twelve step we call it terminal uniqueness because um, we yeah. all think we're so damn unique that uh, nothing could help us, uh, you know, you because yeah. you don't know my unique brand of pain or uh, shame or whatever it is. But I love that he um, came at this from a place of um, just getting underneath the persona in a non-threatening way. And, um, I don't know. He just, he addressed so many things. I think our, our listeners are going to find really super helpful men and women. Yeah. You know what I also really loved was, uh, the way he encouraged us to think of purpose as a construct, not some big, massive one thing, this, this, uh, you know, this purpose is going to be the headline on my obituary, this massive accomplishment. Right. Yeah. But how am I to live if I'm living purposefully in every segment of my life, in every aspect, to mm-hmm. use his language? Uh, and I am purposeful, not just at work, but at home and when I'm with myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, if if I'm living purposefully because I'm aiming towards something. Mm-hmm. I'm realistic about where I am or where I've been, and I am uh, deliberate about where I want to go, and I'm conscious in the process. Yeah, and and I don't have grandiose, unrealistic goals. Right. I'm living with self acceptance, and I'm willing to ask for help and live as uh, you know a member of the human race. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, ask for help and accept help. That's a rich life. Yeah. That's a rich life. Far richer than uh, the life of the typical overachiever who's focusing just on succeeding in one small area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 One of the one of the things that was really helpful to me early on in uh, my own recovery was when uh, they told me that I was going to need to learn how to be bored. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and settle for average. Um, let's just yeah. let's just aim for average and be a human and be authentic and and then see where you know if greatness shows up somewhere someday. You know, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, yeah. But yeah. I do think that our culture is so prone, especially. Um, I don't know if it's an American thing or not, but. Um, we we are so prone to feel like we have to practically cure cancer in order mm-hmm. to have um, validity, and so we try to uh, we try to create this illusion of importance, um, yeah. yeah, to the exclusion yeah. of everything that makes us real, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think- put it on Facebook for everybody to see and <laughs> yes. like. Yeah, right. right. And, yeah. and here, yeah. yeah. By the way, in case you missed that, I cured cancer. Here's what. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's me and my award. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, yeah, I think Dave was super helpful in that. I hope that uh, I hope that folks will touch base with him and uh, grab his book and and maybe take a look at his uh, his group on Facebook and see if that's a a good fit for some uh, feeling of connection as well. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, another great conversation. Say, before we go, uh, I seem to recall that we have a sponsor. We do indeed. And uh, grateful we are <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. for BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, BetterHelp.com. And this is an opportunity for you uh, to access a licensed therapist 
at your uh, own home uh, or place of business or car or wherever you uh, like to talk to people, uh, BetterHelp is available. And betterhelp.com slash positive sobriety will give you a discount on your initial sign up. It will also let us know that the resources that we're providing for you are helpful. But this is an opportunity to talk about the the places that you're stuck in life, uh, you know, just like we talked about today, uh, the areas where you feel that you're not moving forward, the uh, anxiety, depression, the things that um, beset you, that you would go to any other therapist for, you can um, access a therapist at betterhelp.com and um, and get the help that you need. So uh, betterhelp.com slash positive sobriety. All right. Okay, well, that's a wrap for this week. We've got plenty more great guests coming up. It's going to be a nice, uh, it's going to be a full spring and a full summer. It is. Uh, But until next week then, I'm Nate. And I'm David. Yep. And we are, as always, your pals on the Positive Sobriety Podcast. The Positive Sobriety Podcast is recorded at Crossroads for the Nations in Brentwood, Tennessee, Live producer Rex Schnelli, music by Rex Schnelli, theme music by Matt Ulrich, uh, hair and makeup by Lyle Lovett, uh, wardrobe <laughs> by Kathy Gifford. 